Well, good morning. It's great to have you all here this uh, first Sunday of December. I just had a couple uh, notes I wanted to share to get you up to date on a few things. First of all, uh, Andy and Bethany Cross had another little baby girl, and she was born uh, this past Thursday, Ayla Noel. Uh, mom and baby are home. T Andy texted me yesterday. They're home doing well. And of course, so are big sisters, Laylin and Lucy, and grandma and grandpa right over here, Hal and Nancy Cross. And uh, number 13, they told me. Wow, man, good for you. Praise God for that. And then Shirley Berger this last week had double knee replacement surgery. So you'd be praying for her as she recovers uh, from that. Paul Osborne's mom um, and is in the hospital, just went in Friday, the second time uh, this last week, and I'm not sure all of what's going on, but if you'd be praying for Paul's mom, uh, they would appreciate that. And then as we've been praying for Lee Clewer, who is still at Regional Hospital, um, was a approved for acute rehab. I'm not sure all of what that means, but that means he's going to be moved down to one of the hospitals in Wilkesbury. So you'd be praying for him and Colleen. He still is on the ventilator. He's had a tracheotomy done, and um, we need to pray that God would just heal his lungs and uh, get him out of that whole situation and um, give he and Colleen both back to their church, and uh, we know that's a God thing, and in his time, so you'd be praying for them. And then I want to say, too, wow, it's, I love the decorations at Heritage. Every year for Christmas, it's great, and uh, we owe uh, a word of thanks and appreciation to Tim Kopp. Tim usually does that with the team, and uh, I think he did it all by himself this year, and I just told him, I, Tim, I love what you've done with the place. It's like Always that way throughout the building, so you be sure to let Tim know your appreciation for that. So the year is quickly drawing to an end, right? And uh, hard to believe it is 1st of December, December 6th actually, and uh, what a year it has been. 2020 can certainly uh, be called a lot of things. Uh, the year of the coronavirus, uh, the year of the quarantine, the year of the mask, the year of social distancing, the never-ending election, right? Uh, the year of the hurricane. I think we set records for hurricanes and tropical storms. The year of disappointment, of uncertainty, of heartbreak. We know there are a lot of people that lost their lives and people who lost loved ones. Uh, to this whole coronavirus thing. And it's been a year that gave a whole new meaning to homeschooling, right? And, uh, and then it, it, it also was a year that introduced us to some new vocabulary words or maybe seldom used words, unprecedented. Heard that one? How about pivot? I bet you heard that one as it relates to all the change. Virtual. We never knew we could do so many things virtually, right? But all year, or at least since March, we've been doing that. Zoom. 
Whoever thought Zoom would take on a whole different kind of meaning as we go through all of this. But it's certainly been a year where adjustments had to be made on a weekly basis. Regularly change entered our lives, sometimes good, sometimes not so good, sometimes comfortable and okay, other times very uncomfortable. But change became about the only thing we could depend upon, of course, except God. Uh, We went out to dinner, Jane and I and John Elizabeth, Friday night, this past Friday night, to celebrate Jane's birthday. She is another year older, except her birthday was October 20th. Friday night was December 4th. Um, But October 20th is the day that I found out that I tested positive for covid So uh, that wasn't going to be the day that we celebrated Jane's birthday. Uh, And and all of us, I'm sure, have stories like that where we've been affected by all of what's been going on this year in one way or another. Certainly, we could list this year, name this year, give it the theme, the year of the unexpected. And that's why we chose... Our Christmas theme this year for our series, An Unexpected Christmas. And as we have gone through um, the Christmas story, as we get ready to teach and to preach that starting today, it is amazing how much of what we know to be the Christmas story was unexpected on that first Christmas that, uh, of course, they didn't celebrate it as Christmas at that point, but what we would call the first Christmas. I mean, mean, think with me. This Christmas, 2020, there's a whole lot of stuff already that has been unexpected. I mean, this last Friday, Michelle walked into my office and said, you know, this normally is the first night of Heritage Christmas. And, and, and that was. It was always the first Friday and Saturday in Heritage Christmas. Well, a year ago, I'm not sure we expected that we'd be dealing with it as we are. But I, I guarantee you that Christmas this year is not the first Christmas that we have had to deal with or that people have had to deal with the unexpected when it comes to Christmas. In fact, I believe that the first Christmas... Uh, without question, had far more unexpected activity probably than any other Christmas in history. And you'll have better feel for that as we go through these next few Sundays together. We're going to begin our series this morning by looking at Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how that began and how her life changed is that first Christmas took on the unexpected. Would you open your Bibles, please, with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be going through uh, verses 26 to 56 of Luke chapter 1. And uh, as we take a look at this, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned that in an email this past week, is we wanted to prepare you, encourage you to be reading through Luke chapter 1 and 2. And then as well, we gave you that uh, Christmas reading plan, Christmas writing plan. Great way 
to gain a knowledge and to make it more familiar by writing out Scripture. But as we look at that, uh, the danger of the Christmas season is that it's so familiar. It doesn't change. The story is the same. Jesus was still born as a baby to Mary and Joseph. And the shepherds were still out in the fields keeping their flocks by night, right? We, we know that. And it becomes familiar. Well, sometimes the familiar is so routine that we just kind of skim right over it and don't look for something new. I got to tell you already in studying through the life of Mary this week, I picked up a few things that I'd never thought about before that were intriguing to me as part of the Christmas story. So I trust that you'll really dig in for these uh, three or four weeks together during the month of December as we study through the Christmas story. Um, verse 26 of uh, Luke chapter 1, if you'll just follow along with me as I read, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. How's that for unexpected? Here it is, Mary. Doesn't even know it's Christmas, of course. But here she is. Life just took a complete unexpected turn in her life. And as we read through those verses, do you recognize any of these names or places that are mentioned? As you've read through them before, have you ever stopped to ask, well, who is that? And what's the connection? And, and looking at the places that are mentioned, I mean, do you recognize these very familiar? Elizabeth, now, I'm not going to talk about her because you'll hear more about her next week when we talk about she and her husband, Zachariah. Uh, how about the angel, Gabriel? Uh, and if, if you've been reading with us earlier in chapter 1, Gabriel, the angel, was introduced to us. How about Nazareth? Do you know where Nazareth is geographically on the map as it relates to Jerusalem or in Israel, north or south? Galilee. Nazareth is in Galilee. Where's Galilee? What's the significance of Galilee? How close is it to Jerusalem or Bethlehem? Uh, and then they were introduced to Joseph, we're told, a, a descendant of David. David who? Well, it was the former King David of the nation of Israel. And then, of course, Mary. And we would say, yes, we know who Mary is. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Well, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. Gabriel had been involved in the book of Daniel. If you've studied through it all, the book of Daniel, you would have been introduced to him. But he's there. And uh, he appears to Mary, which would not have been an everyday occurrence, certainly for anybody, uh, he had just appeared to Zechariah, which again you'll hear more about next week. And how are they related? Well, let's take a look at Mary's response to this unexpected appearance of the angel Gabriel. In verse 29 of Luke chapter 1, 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words, at Gabriel's words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Gabriel said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What does that mean? And we're told, Luke tells us, Mary was troubled at this greeting. It's interesting to me, she wasn't troubled at the appearance of the angel Gabriel. She was, appearance at, she was troubled at the words, at what Gabriel said to her as a greeting and announcing, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And uh, it's interesting, uh, what in the world is Gabriel talking about? What do you mean, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you? Well, one of the things I want you to grab hold of, not just today, certainly this morning as we look at the story of Mary, but throughout this Christmas season and the Christmas story as it's given to us in Scripture, that is simply this. This is about God. The unexpected is about God, always about God. The Christmas story is about God. It's not just the most wonderful time of the year, as many people sing, and all of the tradition and family and the things that you, you're probably already starting to sing that song in your mind, so I shouldn't have said it. Come back, join me, all right, as back in Luke chapter 1, but as we think about all of the, the stuff that we associate with Christmas, what we ought to have in our minds is that it is about God. This is God's plan for our salvation. It starts here, and it is critical that we grab hold of it. The Christmas story from start to finish is about God, about God's plan for our eternal salvation. Now, when we talk about an unexpected Christmas, understand that the word unexpected is just from the human perspective, right? There was nothing unexpected about the Christmas story as far as God is concerned. In fact, really, there's no such word in God's vocabulary as unexpected. He's God. He's planned everything. He is sovereignly in control all that happens, happens because God is God. Because he providentially plans or allows all that you and I experience in life. And certainly that was true for Mary. And, and it was true for that first Christmas. And from a human perspective, keep that in mind, it's only unexpected to us. From God, it is part of his plan for our lives or for our lives individually or together. Now, let's continue on because when Mary is greatly troubled and wonders what this greeting, look at verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Every time I read that, I can't help but remember Charlie Brown's Christmas, right? You know, it's like, uh, uh, well, I won't go there. All right. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Right away, she's being reminded this is about God. You will conceive 
and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. Jesus. Wow. And then we go on. He will be great. Who? Jesus. Your son will be great and will be called the son of the most high. That's an Old Testament word for God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. That's part of the plan that God had all along that started back in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, the birth, the Redeemer would come. And then on through Abraham and the promised line of David. And here it is, the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Boy, God is involved. And as Gabriel announces all of this to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. Talk about unexpected. I mean, that is a bunch of information that Gabriel is giving to Mary about what's going to happen, about how she is going to be part of God's eternal plan. Now, there's no doubt that Mary was, most, was a teenager. How young, we don't exactly know. We know that many times uh, girls that age, Jewish girls that age were, were given in engagement or the Bible word would be betrothed somewhat like our engagement except a whole lot more legally binding and it was that first year that betrothal period couldn't be broken except by divorce in a legal way and and it, that whole year of betrothal there was no consummation of the marriage there was no sexual relationship Mary lived in her home, Joseph in his, and that's what's been going on here. But all of this now, the angel is telling, you will conceive. What? You will give birth to a son. He will be Jesus. And Mary knew the Old Testament. She had an understanding. When we get to the Magnificat in just a minute, you'll see what she knew. But Mary had a knowledge of Scripture, of Old Testament Scripture. Mary was very aware of the promised Messiah, the one who would come as the deliverer for the nation of Israel. She was aware. She knew the connection to King David. She knew the promise through Abraham, Jacob's descendants, who came after that and the promise that God had given to both Abraham and Jacob. This is all about God. But it was totally unexpected for Mary as she heard this. Well, her response in verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, here's one of those tidbits of information that I picked up. I just always thought when, when Mary questioned Gabriel at that point, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Gabriel had just said, you're going to conceive and you're going to give birth to a son, and that son will be Jesus. And Mary's like, well, uh, how, how will that be? I, I, I haven't had any sexual relations with a man. I am a virgin, and how will this be? Well, what she, I always thought that was like, well, how is... 
How is this going to happen with God? What's, what's, gonna, what's the process going to be? But as I read through and, and it was pointed out that one of the things she was probably concerned, she was betrothed. She was in this year-long period where she knew there were no physical relationship with Joseph. And she knew that at the end of that year, at the marriage day, that would be consummated with the physical relationship. And she's thinking, how am I going to have a baby when this won't happen? with Joseph till down the road. You see, it wasn't a lack of faith on Mary's part. It was just this doesn't fit with what I understand to be the plan of marriage for us. The uncertainty, more unexpected. How would she conceive a child before consummating her marriage with Joseph? Wow. But again, it's about God. And the angel answers in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you. That's God, the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Most High, that's the Most High God, will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus will be called the Son of God because he is the Son of God, has been the Son of God. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. It, when, when you read back in the beginning of Luke chapter 1, you'll find out that Elizabeth was barren. She could not have a child. She could not give birth. But God did something supernatural and all-powerful for Elizabeth as well. And that's what Gabriel is saying, verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, we don't know what the relationship was, but a relative is going to have a child in her own old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Again, this is about God. When you go back to chapter 1 earlier and study a little bit about Zechariah, and again, I don't want to take away from that, but, but there was some doubt on his part. And, and here there's not doubt. It's just, wow, because the angel, without Mary asking, is giving, in a sense, a sign. Hey, you'll know this is true because I want you to understand even Elizabeth, your relative who is unable to conceive is in her sixth month of pregnancy. She's going to have a baby too. And verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail, Gabriel says to Mary. Other translations will say, for with God nothing is impossible. Again, do you see all of this? It's all about God. It's all unexpected to Mary. But the unexpected is all driven by God. We could just stop right now, call it quits, and say, folks, how about all the unexpected circumstances and events and things that God's brought into your life this year since March? 
Have you seen the hand of God in any of it? Sometimes it's real easy to get busy whining and complaining about all of what it is, and please, I'm I'm there too. I've had my moments. (laughs) I'm sure we all have. With all the stuff, the unexpected things that we've had to face and the changes and, and this and that and the other thing, and not just with the COVID and all of that, but, but we've had the whole election thing, and we've seen what's been going on in our economy and how it has affected our work life, our school life, our neighborhood life, how it's affected the world in which we live all over the world. Who would ever have thought that the whole world would be at times shut down by some sickness? And yet, We sometimes see all of that, get caught up in all of that, all of the unexpected, and we don't even think about God as having anything to do with it. Sometimes the only thing that we look for for God to do is get me out of this, God. Please, maybe we've prayed harder. Lord, deliver us from this whole mess. Get this year behind us, folks. I'm sorry, but unless, and God can do what he wants to do, but unless something amazing happens, I don't think January 1st of 2021 is going to be a lot different than December 31st of 2020. It will be two different years, But things aren't just going to change overnight. You know that. But do we see God in the unexpected circumstances of life that we've been facing for this past year? It was critical for Mary that she understand because the unexpected continues. But with God, nothing is impossible with God. No word from God will ever fail. And look at Mary's response to that last word from Gabriel, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. She acknowledged, I am the Lord's servant. It's not okay, Gabriel, I'm here. No, no, no. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. What you've said as having come from God, may it be fulfilled. And Gabriel left. And then we look as Mary is thinking through all of what's just been said. And I'm going to come back to verse 38 because I I think that response to the unexpected is unbelievable. It's just absolutely amazing. And in verse 39, we read, uh, I'm not going to read through these, but verses 39 to 45, Mary decides to go and visit her relative Elizabeth. Now, we don't know exactly where. We do know that we're told in Scripture got ready and hurried to, verse 39, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Most would say that it was somewhere near Jerusalem because Zechariah and Elizabeth, Zechariah worked in the temple. 
And so he wouldn't be too, and even though his team only took two different weeks during the course of the year, probably somewhere in the hill country outside of Jerusalem, whatever it was, it was anywhere probably from a 60 to 100 mile journey. We don't know anything about a donkey on this trip. Of course, we don't know anything about a donkey on the next trip either, even though we like to think of a donkey, right? Uh, but... But here we go. She goes to a visit. This is kind of a trip of faith. Gabriel had said, as a sign, Mary, understand that Elizabeth, your relative who was told she couldn't have children, is six months pregnant. And Mary decides, I'm going to go visit Elizabeth. And so she does. And she goes to see her, and, and as she gets into Elizabeth's house, we, we read that, that she's filled, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, we're told, as, as Mary comes, and she knows, she's given an understanding, I believe, by the Holy Spirit at that point, that, she, that Mary is going to give birth to the promised Messiah, Jesus, the deliverer of Israel. And the baby within John the Baptist leaps as a baby. At the sound of Mary's voice, there's a connection with those two boys and uh, to the promised Messiah that was given. And, and Elizabeth affirms Mary's faithful response to what God had revealed to her. And we read verse 45 as they spend that time together as Elizabeth shares a greeting with her and, and says what she says. Verse 45, Elizabeth wraps up her words to Mary. Blessed is she who has believed. That's Mary. Blessed is Mary who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Wow. You see, Elizabeth, Elizabeth acknowledges Mary's faith, belief in what Gabriel had said. Mary isn't questioning. She believes exactly what she was told by the angel about what was going to happen to her. And then one of the most amazing responses in Scripture to the work of God in Mary's life, verses 46 through 56, uh, to the unexpected working of God in her life. It's called Mary's Song. Some of your Bibles may have that written there. Or the Magnificat. You've heard of that. The Magnificat. And uh, that word is taken from from that first phrase out of Mary's mouth, the first word of that phrase when it's translated into Latin, and it is magnificent. And Mary's words, of course, are, my soul glorifies our translation in the NIV, or some translation, my soul magnifies. There's where the word magnificat comes from. 
But uh, this is Mary's hymn of praise and glory and honor in response to Elizabeth's Holy Spirit-directed response. Elizabeth said what she said because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She pronounced that greeting to her and all of what was going to happen and affirmed what Gabriel had told to Mary. But it is also Mary's response to what God is about to do in her life. Look at verse 46 as, as Mary's song or Mary's hymn of praise, the Magnificat, begins. And Mary said, My soul glorifies or magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he, verse 48, has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He who, God, has been mindful of the humble estate or state of his, of God's servant. That's Mary. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one, God has done great things for me. Holy is his, his is God's name. Verse 50, his, God's mercy extends to those who fear him. Fear who? Fear God. From generation to generation, he, God, has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Speaking metaphorically, he has brought down rulers. Who did that? God has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. God has filled the hungry with good things, but God has sent the rich away empty. God has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and God and, and Abraham's descendants forever, just as God promised our ancestors. You see, what, what an amazing song of glory and honor and praise to God. For the unexpected, from Mary's, from the human perspective, work of God in her life to bring about our eternal salvation. Now, I want to run back and just quickly look at Mary's response to the unexpected. And I want to suggest uh, to each of us this morning that it would do us well to have a similar response as did Mary when we face the unexpected. And simply it's this. The unexpected is always about the Lord and his glory. The unexpected is always about the Lord and his glory. Remember we said from God's perspective it's not unexpected. It's planned. It's part of God's overall plan for our eternal salvation and ultimately for his glory. Verse 38, here it is. I am, said we'd come back to that, what, what Mary said in response to Gabriel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Okay, Lord, here's what she's really saying. Okay, Lord. I'm your servant, whatever you say. Has that been your response to the unexpected of year 2020? Okay, Lord. I think I have that on the next slide. Okay, Lord, I am your servant, whatever you 
say. Uh, folks, I, I am not in any way setting myself up as an example of how easy it would be for us to say it and take that kind of a position, but I have to say this morning that that must be our response to, to every unexpected circumstance and event and activity and happening that you and I have experienced in our lives in 2020. But it will also must be the same response to what may happen in 2021 or 22 or 23 or as long as God gives us life or until he comes again. Okay, Lord, I'm your servant, whatever you say. What an unbelievable, humble, obedient response. You see, Mary saw the Lord in all the unexpected circumstances that Gabriel just laid out for her. And we must too. I mean, listen, she was about to begin a, an unbelievable upside-downness to her life. She was going to ultimately go back to Nazareth. What do you think the, the rumors would be spread about her? Who was pregnant, found to be with child, and yet it wasn't yet time for their mar her marriage to Joseph to be cons consummated. That was going to be quite a year for them together, she and Joseph. And to have to explain how this happened. Oh, sure, that's a good one, Mary. Her world was turned upside down with all of this. But God had a plan, and Mary believed it. He was sovereignly in control. And out of the expected in our lives should always come an expected response that God is in what's happening. Mary acknowledged that immediately. I'm not going to say that it's always easy for you and I to, to go through the things that we go through, the sickness and the poor health and the, and the struggles, losing a job or, or accidents or something with our family or, or having to deal with a boss who has no understanding of what's going on in our lives or a teacher who just doesn't get what's been happening in our whole school arrangement this year. We could go on and on and on and talk about the unexpected circumstances that each of us have faced. But I got to tell you, it's real clear in Scripture. The expected response has always got to be, okay, Lord. I am your servant, whatever you say. That's Mary's response to all that was going on. Ultimately, till we get there, even, even Elizabeth had acknowledged Mary. Uh, she who has believed was the way she referred to her in verse 45. She who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I've read a lot of articles this year about, hey, we ought to go back into Scripture and dig through the promises of the Bible to claim them in our lives this year. Well, Mary knew the promises that God had made right then that Gabriel had made, and she and, and Elizabeth did as well. And her response, she says, Mary has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. The unexpected will only make sense to those of us who fear God. 
Don't get caught up in fearing the circumstance. Remember, it's about God. We fear God. And then, of course, the Magnificat, just those first two verses. And Mary said, my soul glorifies, magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Anyone who would say that Mary was blessed above all human beings in, that re in this regard didn't need a Savior. Now, listen, she herself said, and my spirit rejoices in God, Jesus, her Savior. Mary needed a Savior just like you and I do as we realize this. Mary saw God in all her circumstances. She believed God. She feared the Lord. It's the only way Mary's response could be one of praise and glory to God. My soul magnifies the Lord. And you can always almost hear her say, and I can't help it. My soul gives glory to God, and I can't help it because I believe what he told me. The unexpected is always about the Lord and his glory. So what do you need to see the Lord as we talk, as we wrap it up? What do you need to do to see the Lord in the unexpected this Christmas? sure Christmas is going to be different for many of us than what we had planned maybe six months ago, maybe three months ago. What do we need to do to see the Lord in all of that this Christmas? Let me ask you another one. What do you need to give, do to give God glory? The glory that he deserves this Christmas. What an opportunity for us to be focused on God to recognize his hand in all that's gone on and to glorify the Lord in everything we do. Okay, Lord, I am your servant, whatever you say. Those were Mary's words in response to that unexpected first Christmas. Those ought to be our words as well to every unexpected circumstance we face. Okay, Lord, I'm your servant, whatever you say. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, for his birth. Thank you that you let us know the story to give us an understanding of why and how it all happened. God, to acknowledge that you have a plan for everything for every circumstance and activity and event in our life, everything that we face is there because of you. Father, help us to respond as Mary, as a faithful servant, ready to do whatever.